Okay, let's do it. After that intro, come on, man. This is the <laughs> you first. You forgot in- there was an intro. No, I didn't forget there was an intro. We You're just like, happened- oh wait, oh wait, there was an intro. Phil, bring us in, man. I can't fucking believe it. We had a fucking intro. I know, right? Production value. It's <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. So, welcome to Apocalypse Week, people. This is this is going to be a theme episode only about the end of the world. Uh, as portrayed as, on film. Yeah, exactly. And we're not going to do the bullshit like 2012, whatever. I mean, or Independence Day. You know, I, I'm picking on Roland Emmerich movies here, but we're going we're gonna <laughs> to well, do yeah, better ones they're than all, that. They're all bogus disaster movies. Sure, sure. Well, but... Uh, Go watch know, The Poseidon Adventure. That's not an end of the world movie. No, but it's a disaster it's a, movie. Sure. Well, they're disaster movies. Okay, fine. So... <laughs> In that in that vein, we have we got a fucking action packed lineup for you. Indeed, more, <laughs> more than a couple winners. <laughs> winners. winners. Why am I saying what what way? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> oh, okay, Phil. Well, ooh, let's get right into it. What do we got first? Fuck if I know. What do you oh, want to geez. talk about? Why do you always have the list and you had you tell me you don't know? <laughs> putting it all on you. Buddy. I know, right? Well, let's talk about the Kevin Costner oh. opus. Oh, Lord. The postman. The post-apocalyptic postman. Oh, Lord. On his postal round. <laughs> and he's in the post-apocalyptic world, and he's a postman. And whatever. He's got postage. postage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um... <laughs> So, uh, yeah, okay, so obviously we've established it's an end of the world tale. Um, you know, look, who knows what the fuck happened, because everything looks pretty much the same. Yeah, I do, that's the thing. Was it a uh, nuclear apocalypse? Was it a uh, natural apocalypse? Does anybody know? Yeah, they they never say, it? but the, the capital has now been set up in Minneapolis, which poor capital. Oh, but, good um, lord. Um, there's so there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, uh, natty light Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Molson. Yeah. Um, so, okay. The basic plot line is that uh, Kevin Costner is like a con man or whatever, an actor who goes around um, uh, portraying Shakespeare and stuff in, in right. different villages in like a, a post-apocalyptic Pacific Northwest um, <clears throat> oh, that's right. It was like in Washington or something. Yeah, Washington, Oregon. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> They're all the same. <laughs> pretty much. Um, and uh, so there's some weird philosophical differences between the bad guys and the good guys who are the Holt- Holtians or something like that. Something weird. Yeah, I... Um, yeah, well, but they're led by Will Patton <laughs> in the greatest performance of all one time. Of the, one of the best uh, scene chewing performances. <laughs> oh ever. man, Will Patton, we love you, man. <laughs> and uh, and you know, uh, hope and violence ensues. <laughs> sure, <laughs> at the same time, right? Actually, honestly, not too much violence. It's Wicked long. Oh, and, God, uh, it's like three hours long and well, nothing yeah, really happens. 240, something like that. Yeah, so it's longer than it should have been. It was Costner at his most pretentious. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, and the thing is, too, is it's like, okay, his thing was, well, being a postman and delivering the mail will bring hope back <laughs> to the world. It's like, really? I Yeah. I mean, that was the joke at the time. Like, really? The postman? Like, all he does is bring me bills and junk mail. Right, exactly. Every review I read of the movie said that. Yeah. I, I will say that Robert Dennerstein, who was at the time the, the, the critic for the Rocky Mountain News, our local one of our local papers. Now defunct. Indeed, shut up. Yeah, I know. Hey, sorry. Um, I know that's a sore spot for you. Uh, wrote maybe what may be my all-time favorite film review. 
um, about this movie. It was in the form of a letter to Kevin Costner. <laughs> and it was, really? it was goddamn funny. Look it up on the internet, folks. Wow, nice. <laughs> yeah, please don't do that again. Well, what, it was the same. It was, um, what's his name? Reynolds, right? That, that directed uh, Waterworld as well? Or was it Costner that directed it? Oh, it was Costner. Oh, okay. What's his name? It's Kevin Reynolds. Kevin they Reynolds. I always thought I was thinking Ryan Reynolds. They Sorry. Kevin's. Because I can't stop thinking about his pecs. Okay. Me neither, whatever. but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, I, I know that I made the joke on a previous podcast about how uh, they made a joke on The Simpsons about the po- about the postman where the the director's commentary was just Kevin Costner saying he's sorry over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, why did I do that? I'm sorry. Like, really? Wow. Yeah. Um, and then fucking, what the hell was, um, what's his name doing in it? Um, what's his name? The Which, guy, you know, with the, oh, that, the yeah. guy with the, you know, you're famous. Man. Oh, Tom Petty. Tom Petty. Yes, Tom wow, Petty. Wow, like, fart there. Like, uh, I don't, it has a very odd, uh, quick, Quasi cameo, couple scenes. Yeah, um, <laughs> in which he plays like the lord of this little village. Yeah, he's just like, "I'm that little... famous man. You're famous." Yeah, he's like, "Hey, wait, you were famous, right?" No, man, you're famous. Exactly. It's like, what? The postman? <laughs> what the fuck, man? I think though that honestly, in that particular movie, Kevin Costner was trying to sort of take this post-apocalyptic thing, and for whatever reason, it seems like. Costner had this sort of post-apocalyptic kick there for a while because there was Waterworld and there was the Postman. Well, yeah, and I think he was try- it was he was trying to combine two of uh, two of his movies into one. It's like because it is. I mean, I'm sure the pitch meeting went very much like this. I've got this movie. It's based on a book, and it it'll end up being Waterworld meets um, Dances with Wolves. Kinda, yeah, and I because it's a post-apocalyptic sure, western. Sure, sure, but I think that I think that he was sort of trying to find one little piece of like, okay, the post-apocalyptic thing has been done a hundred times. Mm. How can I find sort of this little like new wrinkle <laughs> on it, you know? And it's like, what would bring people hope? And I don't know why he he came across. The mail service as something that would like bring well, people. Well, it's, it's a book. It's a book. Well, I know, but I'm just saying that, like, well, but that's the plot of the book. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't his idea. Okay, fine. Jesus Christ. Okay, but I'm just saying that, like, I know that there was sort of the, it was like this uh, new wrinkle on. It's like, oh, what will bring people hope? And I'm talking about the book here too. Uh huh. But I just didn't buy it. At all. Well, nobody bought it. That's why, <laughs> well, that's why it's one it. of the biggest flops of all time. Yeah. It was Warner's thing. Okay, you. yeah. Well, whoever. They bought it. You 80 know. million bucks. Oh, somebody Lord. bothered Flushed to spend down money. the toilet. And unfortunately, they made a bad decision not to have any payoff at the goddamn end because there's no fucking battle. God damn it. That, there isn't. That's always there's because nothing. there's all this buildup. They show up on the battlefield and then they're just like, and then. Nobody, you know, it's just Kevin Costner versus Will Patton. You want a war? I'll give you a war. <laughs> I love that. If I ever meet Will Patton, which I probably won't, <laughs> I will probably just say to him, You want a war? I'll give you a war. Yeah. I, I have to have that big pause in the middle. <laughs> you know? Yes, he's very filled with pregnant. Pauses in that movie. He's very Shatner-esque. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, okay, so Postman, thumbs down, honestly. I yeah, just... it's not enough fun to warrant sitting through two hours and 40 minutes of Kevin Costner. Oh, sure. Inspiring hope by bringing people mail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, too, is it's like, okay, there's only like 12 people left in the U.S. Like, how much mail do they really have to send, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, yeah. It just not. It, I didn't buy it at all. Yeah. So, uh, on the downside of the post-apocalyptic movies, that would be one of them. What's the upside, Phil? Is there one? I don't. Uh, there's always an upside. <laughs> to post-apocalyptic shit. Indeed. Am um, I right? 
I don't honestly know that most of the movies we're going to talk about are too much of an upside. <laughs> well, well, you know, <laughs> the thing is, the world ends. I mean, you know, there's not exactly an upside to I mean, that. We, we talk about bad movies on this podcast. Oh, that's sure. A, that's what we do. Well, but the thing is, too, is it's like, you know, the only upside you can think of is it's like, well, um, I guess all my ex-girlfriends will be dead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Wow, that got really personal for a second. Sorry about that. Oh, Phil's clean. He's tugging on his collar and everything. Too bad this is not a video podcast. Yeah, who's the... Okay. <laughs> All right, so what do we got next? Um, why don't we talk about Omega Man slash I Am Legend? Okay, so the various incarnations of I Am Legend. Correct. The which... story by... Richard Matheson. Richard Matheson, which was a great book. It really was. Yes. And um, it wasn't even a book, though. It was more like a, a novella. novella. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because it's only I... like 120 pages long. Yeah. I don't know why I always feel like I want to say that in like some sort of weird German accent. A novella. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's good, yeah. Oh, yeah. A novella. Um, so, the, the Omega Man... With child in history. <laughs> Did you ever see his beauty? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke for anybody that's seen um, Strange uh, Brew. Strange Brew, yeah. Um, so, uh, oh, uh, Charlton Heston uh, has set off an apocalypse of some kind, and he's the only man who was able to get the cure that he'd invented for it. So, he's the. Okay, dog. Wow, dog's um, freaking out. Okay. So he's the only regular man left in a world filled with um, darkness dwellers. In the book, uh, they are vampires. In this movie, they are not. They just they, they, yeah, they, they just, just don't like sunlight. Yeah, yeah. And see, I never really got in Omega Man like what they really were. Because they don't like sunlight, sure. But they're not really vampires. Right, they're just they're just overly aggressive people who don't like the sun. Sure, but they're not they're not zombies though. Like no, they're, they're not they're not zombies. They're not vampires. They're just affected by this disease. Sure. Well, and then he drives that uh, Mustang around the around uh, what was it? New York City, San Francisco, San Francisco. That's Jesus Christ! Right, you're you're moving us forward through. to the second one. Okay, you're right. You're right. Um. So, uh, but yes, yeah, he. The the best scenes in that movie, Lord knows how they how they cleared that much of the city out, but it's him driving this like seventy six Charger or something across the city of yeah. uh, San Francisco, no, like at full speed. Yeah, no, it's great though because like like you said, how how did they clear that much of the city? Because there was that that really great overhead shot uh-huh. where. There was like 10 blocks around him and you just saw this little, it looked like a little matchbox car driving around yeah. and you're like, wow, that, <laughs> you know, they made everybody leave but San Francisco it, for a while. It's a little weird. It's, it's a little bit, well, see, it, it marries a couple things. Like I, I never quite got why Charlton Heston, who everybody knows is a pretty conservative guy. Um, goes to the movie theater and watches Woodstock like, like once <laughs> yeah. a week. Yeah. yeah, they don't make them like that anymore. Right? Yeah. Like really, Charlton? You like Woodstock? Well, the four-hour you know, documentary. He's, he's, of... he's still an actor, I guess. Yeah, you know? I guess I mean, so. But, but it does have definitely religious overtones. Oh, for sure. He I ends mean, up being Christ at the end. Well, but in the story, so does the guy. Like they, they. Uh, well, yeah, 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 yeah kinda. They hang him up on the... It wasn't a cross Well, they, thing, they kill him at the end because he's the last of his kind. Well, see, here's what I don't get, though. In the book, that, they, you know, for whatever reason, the vampires just hate this one guy who is, like, the last, well, it's quote, that, unquote, that's one human. thing that they, they do bring over to the movie is that, is that Anthony Zerby, who plays the leader of the bad guys, um, I forget his... I think his underling is Bernie Casey... I think so, yeah. Um, but uh, but uh, Anthony Zerby is kind of leading a cult and creating a religion around the transformance. Sure, but see, here's the thing, though. In the and 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 it makes more sense in Omega Man than it does in the actual book, right? Where it's like, fine, you know, you're this uh, cult or whatever, mm. whatever it is, you know. It's not super clear what it is, really. Right. But at the same time, in the book, they're obviously vampires. Mm-hmm. And it's like, really, there's all these vampires. The entire world is consisting of vampires. And there's this one guy. It's like, 
do you really think that the one guy is going to be able to, you know, keep the vampires going forever? You know? <laughs> I mean, really, it's, that's the one thing I didn't really get. And I thought maybe they hated him just because he was different or something. And it was sort of this, like, uh, you know, parable for, like, oh, racism or something. Right. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And it was written in, like, what, the 50s? 60s? 50s or 60s. Yeah, I think 60s. But, okay. So, moving on from Omega Man... Which I will say, for being 70s, for being Charlton Heston, is an awesome movie. It is. And, I, and you know what? Charlton Heston it's, was it's, never really my favorite. It's one of his loopier performance, how he always, he's, he's always talking to the like, busts of generals and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but it's generally entertaining and uh, you know, uh, very, very disco-y 70s. Definitely. With the, I mean, with the it's, black it's all the about the 70s. Throw. It's all about the 70s. <laughs> movie, really. Well, and then moving on to the aughts. Yes. Which was I Am Legend. I mean, to me, this project had so much potential because it started with uh, Ridley Scott and it yeah. started with Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. attached. And they were going to do the big stuff, like the giant pits of dead bodies that burned for years. And oh, stuff. sure. It's in yeah. the book. Yeah. Um, and then it became this pissant movie with Will Smith playing a pussy. Um, directed half-heartedly by Francis Lawrence. Um, and was that Francis Lawrence? Yeah. Was it? Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. I, I didn't even... Okay. <laughs> I guess it wasn't even impressionable enough, or it wasn't even... Didn't make enough of an impression on me yeah. to even remember who it was. I couldn't stand this movie. I... Oh, oh God. And I think most of it is just because uh, Will Smith... Played the character as such a wuss. Yeah. Well, and the thing was, is that I know what they were trying for. They were trying for uh, this guy who was sort of unhinged a little bit. And this whole, like, uh, you know, him being alone so long and whatever sort of kind of, like, made him crazy or whatever. But at the same time, the only way that you saw that was him talking to a mannequin. Yeah. And it's like... And he was like, oh, baby, I love you. It's like, what? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, what? Okay, if you're going to go crazy, at least go crazy in at least a semi-creative way. You know what I mean? <laughs> if I go yeah. crazy, I want to go crazy much more creatively than that. Uh-huh. And the, the, the movie didn't win any favors when it killed the most likable character. The dog? Yes. Yes. And I don't know. For me, in the books, in the book and in the previous movie... Um, the vampires had never been mindless beasts. Yes, and, and that's that, the thing. That they were me. Yeah, they were just monsters. They were they had no they basically had no function other than just being monsters. Right. And even in the book, you're right because they they were zon- or they were vampires, but they were still sort of like thinking like vampires, whatever. Right. But in in the movie, I am legend they were just these weird, mindless monsters a la 28 Days Later. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that's not really I Am Legend, you know? I would have loved to see the Ridley Scott <laughs> Schwarzenegger version of that <laughs> movie. Really? Yeah. Because, I mean, that would have been, to me, honestly, that would have been really interesting just uh-huh. to see Schwarzenegger, for one, <laughs> trying to pull that off. Uh-huh. For another thing... Ridley Scott and Schwarzenegger together? That's like a perfect storm of weirdness. (laughs) And, you know, I hate the attempts to modify the story with, um, you know, they threw the girl back in, but in the book, the girl's a vampire. She isn't she like the only vampire that can walk in the light or no, whatever. No, that's but she they they're trying to convince him to come out of his house by, sure. by introducing okay. themselves with this chick. Okay. Um but uh I didn't like the happy ending. It's a it's a book and a story that was always that always had a grim ending for a purpose. Oh, sure. And to give it a happy ending is kind of like dull. Yeah. And to have him die for such, you know, like okay. Yeah, right. And then you know, he's like he's ah, uh, yeah. It was bullshit. Honestly, I don't know why they try to make these movies that more or less try to 
cheer it up a little bit. And it's <laughs> like because that was not a cheerful novel at all. No, I mean all it was was him just trying to. He was remembering his wife and kid that like died, mm-hmm. and he was really upset. And all he did was drink whiskey all the time and make yep. sure that his you know the bars on his windows were strong. And it's like yeah, and try what? to. Try to block out the noise of the vampire screaming his name at night. Yeah, and banging on his windows and stuff like that. Yep. I mean, I don't know. I just, I don't understand why you got to sort of try and cheer it up. And especially the fact that in the mo- or in the book, you know, they actually, it seemed like they knew what they were doing. Whereas in the movie, they were just these sort of, you know, yeah. animals. Uh-huh. And it's like, that's not what it was. Why call <laughs> it the same thing, you know? Yeah. I don't know. <sighs> Whatever. Post-apocalyptic movies. <laughs> I don't know about Sometimes these. Sometimes they shouldn't have happy endings. Well, <laughs> see, but the thing... <laughs> I just thought of this. They don't have happy beginnings. That's a problem. <laughs> well, I know. Uh, so, uh, so often with, with post-apocalyptic movies, you end up on a, on a note of hope. And it's like... Mm. Sometimes well, you... That's not the point. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes it is. I get it. I get it. Sure. No, but here's one thing that what a movie that we hadn't written down on the list uh-huh. that I thought of that uh, just now was um, just now. Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah, and that had a very weird ending, <laughs> and it was enlighten like, me. I haven't seen it in forever. Oh God. Well, remember the kids, like, they, they would all get up on the, the plane, mm-hmm. and they would, like, do the, like, recording. They had the little record right. of the, the, the pilot who was saying, we're going down, we're going down, or whatever. Right. And then, you know, ooh, I'm mixing up two movies now, because at the end of Thunderdome, Mad Max just wanders off into the desert again. And all these kids are sort of like, ass out you know and then but in the road warrior right they're trying to protect this tank full of gasoline right that turns out to just be sand see to me well because they send it in the in the in the school bus in barrels yeah no i i'm sorry i was mixing up two movies but like i said in the in in thunderdome he just walks away uh-huh. He's like, well, fuck you guys. Well, I'm done. The little man. That's all I ever remember yeah. about that movie. Give me the little man. Well, and I remember <laughs> the pig, you remember the pig guy? From yes. Thunderdome? Uh-huh. Oh, God. What a... I, hey, it's just, like my favorite Tina Turner song comes from that movie. <laughs> Which is what? We don't need another hero. Do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> we don't need to know the way home. And yes, I know I can't sing. No, Phil, you're you're getting me on that one, dude. I'm getting all uh, choked up now. All we this want point. is life beyond the Thunderdome. <laughs> yeah, <Yes>. baby. Yeah, <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> no, I think Phil, what I was actually thinking of, and then I have to go back and retract my previous <laughs> statement, was actually was a uh, Road Warrior, where uh, the the tanker crashes and it's just full of sand. Right. And I'm like, okay, that's a pretty good ending to a post-apocalyptic movie uh-huh. because, you know, you're fucked either way. You know, even if it was full of gas and it crashed and it leaked all everywhere, you're still not going to get it. The bad guys weren't going to get it. The good guys got away with all the kids and everything, with all the gas, and drove the other way. Yeah, but they still got fucked because it wasn't gas at all. Remember? Okay, you're not yeah, getting yeah, what yeah. I'm saying. Okay, maybe I'm not. The bad guys were chasing the gas trunk, which they, sure. which they had filled with sand to, as a decoy. What? Because they sent the gas in barrels in the school bus. Okay. What? Yes. Okay. Spoiler alert, I'm retarded. <laughs> I don't remember. That's not much of a spoiler, I haven't seen this friend. movie in like 10 years, but okay. But Mad Max. Neither have up. I. But I remember the goddamn ending. Lord. Okay, we're just going to call this episode Amos is Retarded. (laughs) Spent ten minutes on that point. Okay, fine. Whatever. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. What do you want to talk about? What do you want to talk about? What do you got next? What's next on the list? Rain of Fire, maybe? Rain of Fire. I love Rain of Fire. For some reason. Actually, I liked Rain of Fire a lot more when it came out than I did... I watched it about, I don't know, about a year ago. Uh-huh. 
And I liked it a lot better when it first came out. Correct. It's it's boring. It's like a little bit. Not much really happens in that movie. Uh, Matthew McConaughey gets on my goddamn nerves. See, that's not it for me. Like I, I it mean, does for me. I mean, I get that that's the character and he's gung ho, but fuck off. <laughs> Jesus, he's kind of crazy and all that. You know. <laughs> Um, you know, good special effects, yada, yeah. yada, yada, Christian the, Bale, yada, yada, yada. Well, the thing for me is, like, when I watched it about, like I said, about a year ago or so, uh-huh. I was like, I remember this being much more exciting when I watched it the first time, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. and, and when I watched it this last time, I was like, there's really not well, a lot happening. There's some movies that are just that way, where when you first see them, because they're new, they're exciting, you don't know what's going to happen, but when you do know what's going to happen, it kind of takes the sheen. Sure, but like, I mean, there's these big, long stretches where really nothing happens, and I'm just like, okay, get to the dragon part, man, come on. You and your goddamn ADD. I know, Um, right? I I think I've talked about it before, most beautiful woman in the world in this movie. Isabella Skorupko. Indeed. Yeah. She will forever be the most beautiful woman. <laughs> really? In the world. Well, definitively, that has been answered. <laughs> there is no. It's there. Isabella Skorupko, people. If you ever run into it on, uh, you know, Trivial Pursuit, most yeah. beautiful woman in the world, Isabella, Isabella Skorupko, and that's it. There is no other person. <laughs> exactly. No, I just like I. I don't know. There's these big long stretches in that movie where really nothing happens. It's just people talking. It's to each called other. character development. I don't care about character development. I want to see some dragons. Well, you get enough of that at the yeah, end, you know. But I will say this: mm-hmm. there's one shot, and I think it's when uh, McConaughey takes his whole like armored division right. up into London, I uh-huh. guess. And there's a big dragon, and he like blows the, sh- you know, he breathes fire on the whole thing and yeah. whatever. That's a great shot. I mean, that's very. I mean, it's really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. And I mean, the payoff for waiting for that shot, it pays off. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, but at the same time, I kind of go, you know, it's all just Christian Bale kind of whining about how they need to grow <laughs> tomatoes and shit. Yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, come on, man. Of course, that's a little. I always thought that was a little weird. The dragons. Feed off of the ashes of living things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They like burn everything to the ground and then they that's feed kind of the, af- the ashes. Self defeating. Yeah, I know. You know, wow. yeah, that's only going to last a couple of years <laughs> before you've turned everything to ash. Exactly. But I will say this I actually have a fairly soft spot in my heart for Raymond Fire. I do too. I thoroughly enjoyed it. That was directed ago. by the guy that directed the uh, X Files movie. Yes, and it yeah. ended his career pretty much. <laughs> I think pretty much the only thing he did since was Electra. Oh, or was oh, it? I, really? Yeah. Oh, ouch! Can't remember his name. Rob. Rob Snow. No, we had this discussion before. Mark Snow is the guy that did the uh, music for the X Files. Yeah, Mark. What was his name? Mark. It's uh, whatever. Rob. But anyway, Mark, Rob, know. whatever. Hey, How send, us, send us an email. Can you FBI gmail.com? Okay. I don't know what, so let's change the subject. Send us an email. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm a shameless self promoter. <laughs> you are so. I know. I have a fucking. Okay, I set up a Tumblr account, which I haven't even looked at in like two weeks. I have a <laughs> it's Twitter. a good thing we don't have any I, followers. God though. damn it, I know. I get a Twitter thing, and I got like three followers on it, whatever. Okay, fine. Moving on. Next movie. Yes. Yes. Why don't you tell me, sir, about Steel Dawn? Oh, Steel Dawn. Mm-hmm. Oh. I could go on for a long time <laughs> about Steel Dawn. Well, you've got about eight minutes. Okay, on. okay. Eight minutes. Let's see what we can do here. Um... Steel Dawn is, after, is, is a story about after the apocalypse when everybody hugs and kisses. Well. Wait, not. They <laughs> kill each other with swords. Ooh. Okay, so okay. for whatever reason, like there's no guns or anything. Uh-huh. It is Poca, Poca, <laughs> Pocahontas? <clears throat> okay, post-apocalyptic future. Yes. There's no guns. Uh-huh. There's no uh, anything except for swords. And people, for some reason, have these like weird... Like shogun style uh, sword duels. Okay. To settle differences. I'm with you. Okay. Um, there are these moisture farms. 
Of course. That are sort of... I And the weird thing is, they never really explain, like, how they get this, like, moisture out of the ground. Because oh. I think that there's supposed to be, like, this drill that goes in the ground and it, like, pulls water up or something. And the That's big, called a well, yes. Um... Is that what that's called? <laughs> anyway, Bill, <laughs> Mr. You Smartass. Know this, is, this is reminding me of, not to change the subject, but to change the subject, is um, Solar Babies. Do you remember yes, Solar I Babies? Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. With, uh, what, Jason Patrick and uh, Charles Derning. Oh, yeah. And uh, Richard Jordan. I can't remember who had any Oh, yeah, Richard Jordan, were. yeah. How could you forget Solar Babies, man? I can't remember who any of the other kids were. Is it like Leah Thompson or something? It might be, yeah. I can't. So anyway, uh, Patrick Swayze is the drifter that comes along and helps out uh, this sort of uh, plucky woman's farm. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? She's got pluck. Yeah, yeah. She's got pluck and spunk and all that, whatever. Indeed. And so he comes along and... Just he just knows everything about everything, you know okay. what I mean? And and plus he can fight, Ooh. and he's got this sword, which apparently he got in whatever war it was that ended the world. Uh huh. Because apparently in this war, uh, they just issued swords. You know, fair so enough. Why not? You know, uh-huh. I mean, you don't have to have laser guns or anything. You no. just have get swords. Okay. You know, so. So anyway, there's this guy that's like trying to take over this little town for, it's almost like uh, Red Dawn, where it's like this nothing little town, and this guy really wants to take it over, you know? Right. It sort of goes along with the theme of like Roadhouse, even. There's this nothing little town. The guy's like, uh, well, I'm going to build a Walmart, and what are you going to do? You know? It's like, well, fuck, I don't care, you know? But he really wants this little town. So Patrick Swayze... Has all these acrobatic fights with, you know, a bunch of various, you know, faceless and or nameless bad guys. Mm-hmm. And this one, this kid who's super annoying, um, he's like trying to protect this kid. And I'm like, really? Don't. Because this kid is so annoying. This kid is like, he's so snotty and stupid and just, uh I was like, please just let the kid get killed. I don't care. <laughs> But for whatever reason, I loved it when I was a kid, and then I watched it later on, and I was like, why did I like this movie? It's just bad. Eh, I don't know. Because there are movies when you're a kid that just stimulate your sure, imagination. Sure. Well, and I want to fight a sword fight. I know, right? And, and then, you know, the, the girl in the movie it was actually... Um, Tony Katane? I don't know. No, it was, it was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was uh, Patrick Swayze's wife. Indeed. Yeah, and it wasn't. And I keep want to keep saying it was Kelly Lynch, but I keep thinking of Roadhouse, which is not the case. Uh But it was his wife, and I think the only reason that she got cast in that movie was because she was his wife at that point. Lisa Niemi. Yeah, Lisa Niemi. Yeah. Hey, Anthony Zerbe's in this movie. Yeah, and and Arnold Vosloo. Yeah, and Conrad Hull. Am I right? Brett Hull. Oh, shit. He's a big, giant, like, massive Australian guy. Indeed. There are lots of them. (laughs) (laughs) And he gets killed for whatever reason, like, real randomly, and it's supposed to be, like, touching or something. And I'm like, no, that's not touching. That's just stupid. (laughs) I don't know. But, and the thing is, is they never really explain what happens. You know, like, they're just like, well, it's the end of the world. Uh, And Patrick Swayze's... You know, kick ass. <laughs> in a kill. <laughs> right? Yeah, who knows, right? So anyway, still done. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. It does have some uh, Glimmer Manish qualities. Uh-huh. It does. I mean, it's not... It's not quite there. Uh-huh. But, and I think, if I could be wrong, but I think that Steel Dawn was the follow-up to... Yes, it was. Uh, Dirty Dan. Yes. Really? What an unfortunate choice. Yeah, not really the right choice there, Patrick. Patrick was never big on good choices in his career. Um, well, nobody put the baby in the corner, goddamn. <laughs> yeah, uh, what's her name is going to be on Dancing with the Stars oh, this season. Oh, God. And that is the line from every oh. single article about 
about that uh, that show this season uh, is I don't know how she how good she's gonna be, but nobody's gonna put her in a corner. Oh with my god! You know much. what? Fucking come up with some original shit, please. <laughs> Uh, uh, hey, 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 um, hey, with so the fighting and the cussing and the, <laughs> yeah, the, the pushing and the... Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we'll move on to another movie, um, which I think is gleefully, purposefully god-awful. Which is? Tank Girl. Ooh, Tank Girl. I haven't <laughs> seen this movie in years, but I do remember thinking that, yes, it was gleefully bad. And they knew it was bad at the time. It, it seems like... I can't understand how you would make that movie and think it was going to be good. But it was a passion project for Rachel Talali, who had been a producer with um, John Waters for a long time and had directed some genre pictures like Ghost in the Machine. Um, but uh, it, she uh, had been trying to get Tank Girl off the ground for like a decade and uh, UA finally gave her $20 million and said, go make your movie. And she put Lori Petty in it. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, know, honestly, it's, like, they're, they're, it's kind of perfect casting. But it's in such... In a way, though, I, I don't know. It, it, it is and it isn't. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't know. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. It's, it's based on a comic book about a girl in the future who has, like, a friend that's a tank. And they, yeah. ri- they ride around together um, uh, trying to kill Water and Power, which is the, the big bad right, guy. Right, yeah. Managed in the movie by Malcolm McDowell. Of course. Indeed. I mean, and, how could um, you not do that with, <laughs> without Malcolm McDowell? Uh, she meets up with a friend played by Naomi Watts in a very early role here in America. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, lots of post-apocalyptic stuff ensues. <laughs> post apocalyptic Oh, and how can you forget the weird kangaroo things? Which was iced tea, am I right? One of them was iced tea, yes. Oh my god, what the hell was that? <laughs> really? I mean, iced tea... Okay, iced tea... I remember when I was a kid, Ice T was, man, dude, he was like the, you know, he was the pimp style, you know, he was like, I'm rapping about bitches and all this stuff, and then he shows up as a kangaroo? What? Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) And then he married a girl with a big fat ass, and I don't know what happened. Coco? Yeah. Like, the biggest tits I've ever seen. And the biggest ass. It's true. Okay. Anyway, Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. um, (laughs) Not that that's ever happened before. So, Um, I have... Every now and again, I feel the need to watch this movie just for the singing and dancing, the Gershwin tunes in um, the brothel. That scene to yeah. me makes the movie. Well, see, the funny thing is, is that like, it's one of those one of those uh, projects where from beginning to end, nobody really took it that seriously because even the comic was not right. taken seriously. No. I mean, they, when when whoever it was that wrote it was like, oh yeah, this is just goofy. Uh-huh. You know, I'm gonna just write this goofy movie, yeah, or this goofy comic, and they're like, "Well, we're gonna take this goofy comic and make it a goofy movie." You know? <laughs> I mean, really, it's yeah. like nobody took it seriously ever. Exactly. And Lori Petty is at her like high wire, coked up best. I think she is all over the screen in this movie. Oh yeah, and uh, you know Matthew or what's his name, McDowell, right, Malcolm. Um, is uh, you know I mean it's a villain role he's been playing villain roles for 30 years well hey you know you gotta work right (laughs) (laughs) and Tank Girl paid the mortgage that month exactly exactly so I I always recommend Tank Girl even though I know 99% of the audience will hate it well okay what was the apocalypse in that movie was it nuclear apocalypse I, they don't explain see, in that either. See, it's okay. just a dry future, though, where like the oceans have dried up, and, and so water being the key commodity is run by one corporation. Okay, see, now this is sort of the theme that I'm trying to establish a little bit, I guess, is that what is the apocalypse in all these post-apocalyptic movies? Which, in that movie, they don't explain. No, in, in most uh, movies, they don't explain. Well, I think you sort of have to assume that it's a nuclear apocalypse, I guess, right? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't make that assumption. No? Uh-uh. What would you make the assumption of? Uh, yeah, just who knows? So it, you know, people just suck. Yeah, I don't know. Pretty much. Well, that's the way it is now. Sorry, <laughs> Al Gore. Anyway, okay, so Tank Girl, you know what? 
Tank Girl is one of those movies that if you're in the right frame of mind, it's a great movie. But if like if you're not like yeah. if if you're not in the right frame of mind to watch it, to be you're receptive going, to really high energy goofiness. Yeah, yeah. And it's like you go, God, this sucks. But like, <laughs> but if you're in the right frame of mind to watch it, you're like, this is awesome. You yeah. know. There are some interesting cameos. Iggy Pops in the movie for a scene. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh God, yeah, I, I think seen it in so the long. little girl. Um, like knifes his crotch, <laughs> if I remember. Well, in the... if anybody has it, deserves to have their <laughs> crotch knifed. It's Amy Pop. <laughs> Indeed. Um, okay. So I, you know, watch it. Kangaroo, oh yeah, sure. Kangaroo goodness. Oh yeah, gangster rapper kangaroo goodness. Indeed. That's gonna be the title <laughs> for this episode. Gangster rapper kangaroo goodness. <laughs> exactly. Alright, so All right, we'll move on. on to another uh, dry future, and that would be Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd. I'm not sure what Stallone was really thinking. I think that he thought it would just be another one of his kick-ass I'm the man movies. Right. Uh, well, the goofiness provided by Rob Schneider. Uh, what the hell? It was so weird. It's like they had no chemistry together. And Rob Schneider was actually semi-funny. Yeah. But they're rebooting Judge Dredd. Yes, they are. I with Carl that. Urban. Really? Bones from the new Star yeah, Trek. I know who Carl Urban is. Maybe our listeners don't, Phil. They should. <laughs> um, yeah, totally. If you don't know who Carl Urban he's is, in Doom, suck on he's it. in Lord of the uh, Lord of the Rings. I mean, come on. If you don't know him by now, fuck you. Um, he was in Lord of the Rings? Oh, Jesus. That's where he came from. Um, <laughs> I love you feel you like you put your head in your hands. You're like, oh god, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> Who am I talking to here? <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> um, so yeah, Judge Dredd, directed by Danny Cannon. I think it was his oh, first god. or second movie. It was a mess. It was awful. And I somehow mean, they got a lot of good people in it. Sure, because it's Stallone. I mean, Rob Schneider, yeah. Diane Lane, and um, um, Max von Sydow, Ar- uh, Armand Asante, Jurgen yeah. Prochnow. Yeah. No, I mean, there was there was quite a few uh, notables in that movie. Correct. And, in Judge and, Dredd. Yeah, and it was it just was, so bad. It was astoundingly bad. It was it was goofy um, on a similar level to Tank Girl without... With, with too much self-seriousness, I think. Without the humor, right. like, implied in it. Right. Oh, God. Because, you know, they would, they would uh, like, I remember that he would talk to his gun and be like, double whammy sideshow, and then shoot it and yeah. do some weird thing. Yeah, yeah. And you'd be like, that's really stupid. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't cool at all. That I was know. just dumb. Yeah, uh, you tell a gun, double whammy, and, you know, two rockets come out. You're I like, am the... You don't tell me the law. I am the law. I mean, the the best, the the reason to watch the movie, if you do, Armand Assange. Oh, definitely. Insane. Like, on a different planet. (laughs) Yeah, he's almost like he's not even in that movie. He's He's like... I think he's... He and maybe Rob Schneider are the only ones that get that they're in a piece of shit. Yeah, definitely. Because Rob, I was just going to say that, is that Rob Schneider and him are the only ones that are like, you know what, this is crap. Yeah. Let's just have fun with it. Exactly. And then Armand Asante. I mean, oh, he he's just climbing the walls. Oh my God. <laughs> with he's those on, weird blue contacts. Yeah, he's on a totally different level than anybody yeah. in that movie. And I think that Stallone was actually sort of like, I'm going to take this ears, you know? And it's like, <laughs> it's like, really? Why? It's Judge Dredd. Dredd. Oh, Jinx. Oh, you um, make a... Wow, Phil. Um, we should be doing a podcast together. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I just... I, is that a post-apocalyptic movie? It is, yes, right? Because there's a city that has the wall around it. Because there's like the one big city, and then there's like a couple little outposts, and they end up in Aspen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The penal colony in Aspen. And the rest of the world is is like... Deserted or filled with mutants and right, right, okay, yeah, people, you're right. and that's why, like, when Max von Sydow, he takes the law to the to the Outlands or whatever and just disappears. Yeah, yeah, 
Well, and then what does he get like banished or whatever because he fucked up and right? Yeah. He chooses. I think he what I think he takes the blame so that Judge Dredd won't be like executed. He'll just be sent to the penal colony. Well, there you go. That's much better. In Aspen. I guess in Aspen. You know what? Fuck you, Aspenites. <laughs> I don't know if we have any listeners in Aspen, but if we do, then fuck off. We don't well, need you. Jeez. Sorry, I don't know. I just I'm. You know, I'm not a big fan of elitists, and I think that Aspen tends to be... Whatever, I don't know. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. What do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about the road? You didn't see the I didn't road. see the road. I saw the road, and I have not seen a movie that grim in a couple years. Really? It was like, oh, God. <laughs> was it? Okay, let me, let me just guess here. Yeah. And I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Is it one of those movies where you actually sit there and you feel like it's almost like a uh, like a trial to watch the movie? Yes. Like you're getting through it as opposed to watching it? Uh, yeah, well, yes. And mostly just because it's so grim. It's, I mean, like nothing good happens in that movie until the last 30 seconds. Wow. Um, it's all about people being mean to each other and uh, yada, yada, yada in a post-apocalyptic world. In this movie, the post-apocalyptics is implied to be global warming. Um, but, uh, you know, whatever. Oh, uh, so it's not even nuclear? Fuck it, man. No, no, it's global warming destroys the climate, yada, yada, yada. Um, <laughs> well, thank you, so, Al Gore. Um, so, you know, I mean, uh, Charlize Theron, spoiler alert, kills herself. <laughs> I, I, I hope oh, I gave well, you enough time there. Fun. Um, you know, she just wanders out into the winter night and freezes to death. Oh my God. And, um, That's like the least fucking involved way to kill yourself ever. Right. She just gives up because she wants them to kill each other and, and die. Who? Um, uh, Viggo Mortensen and, and his and son? And the kid. Because that's, that's a mother and wife. Oh, okay. And she decides to just end it all. What? She's like, other people are doing it. And, uh, and so then they go on the road to get to the ocean because maybe it'll be better at the ocean. So they get on the road. They evade like band after band after band of cannibals because um, apparently okay. there's just nothing left but people to eat. Um, and then they get to the ocean. And then Viggo Mortensen dies. And then, yeah. Okay. Sounds fucking fantastic. It is. Oof. Yeah. Robert Duvall has a cameo. Um, I, I mean, it's not a bad movie. It's just, you're sitting there going, Mother fuck, Jesus Christ, this movie's depressing. Yeah, see, that's the thing. For me, it's like, I like post-apocalyptic... Uh, post-apocalyptic movies because sometimes it's like you can do whatever you want uh-huh. you know you don't have to you know it's like uh, there's no cops that are going to pull you over if you're not wearing your seatbelt or whatever right. it is and so like have fun with it you know but then, then you're just like these really super grim ones it's like oh man come on <laughs> and it's like that might be how it is right. after the most, end of the world most probably. likely yeah, yeah. but at the same time why do I want to subject myself to that? You know what I mean? It's like, I don't want to be more depressed than I already am. Right. You know? Come uh-huh. on. So, yeah, that's the road. I, I don't know if I can really recommend it. I've had friends who said it kept them up all night. They were family, oh, ouch. family people. Um, so, <sighs> well, watch it if you're interested. If not, uh, <laughs> watch it if you don't put yourself like, through if, it. If, if, Watch it if you want to go out and freeze to death like Charlie's Theron. <laughs> Woohoo! Oh, um, Lord. Let's talk about... Have you seen Babylon AD? Or like I have the, not, no. The rest of these movies are ones I've seen. No, I've seen Night of the Comet. Oh, yes, indeed. Oh, Night of the Comet. Um, awesome. Babylon AD, I don't know that it's really post-apocalyptic. It's just like a future world that's really shitty. <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of like, you know, just a sort of amplified version of this world. Indeed. Um, Ooh, was that cynical? Oh. I don't know. So, yeah, essentially, like, in the future, in Babylon ID, in the future, every place on Earth except for North America is fucked. And, you know, like, it's all bombed out and shitholed and everybody's, you know, whatever. And everybody wants to get to North America. And uh, so... 
Um, I can't remember what this... the significance of the of the like family is, but but uh, what's his name? Vin Diesel is is trying to get this girl, I think, to North America so that because she has some piece of information or or something in her genetic code or something that somebody wants or a hot ass. Well, yeah. Whatever. Uh, okay. Sorry. That was. I think the, it might uh, actually be like a little girl, but anyway. Ooh. Oh. Oh. <laughs> damn it. But um, Phil, you should have warned me. God damn it. I did say little girl. Um, no, you said girl. Yeah. Okay. Like, okay. Oh. I, I'm sorry. Uh, I would have said lady public. if it was about. Oh, okay. 18. I'm sorry, listening public. That um, was. <laughs> that was awful. So there are some there are some great European cameos. Um, like uh, Gerard Depardieu has a rather funny part. Um, yeah, really? Yeah. Huh. Um, he gets nuked. Um, <laughs> Good, <laughs> fucker. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, the the scene where they get to North America is pretty funny. You know, like like everybody's coming off of this submarine as missiles fly at them to try and kill them before they can get to the continent. That's weird that you say it's kind of funny because like I I saw the the trailers and stuff for that and it seemed like there was no humor whatsoever in that. No, movie. It, it's pretty Or is funny. it unintentional or No, no, it, it's it's kind of funny. Oh, okay. Well, I mean Gerard Depardieu is definitely uh, intended to be a funny character. Well, he is my father, the hero. Yes, he was. And he does have a green card. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Phil, keeping up here. Or is it bogus? Oh, it is bogus. Oh, bogus. Oh, wow. (laughs) Good call, Phil. You you win, my friend. You win. I do, I always win. Yes, you do. You Um, win on that one. So, I don't know. Babylon ID, it's, 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 I think it was... I think if I remember correctly, the, correctly, the director hates the movie, and uh, like left it, you know, halfway through the editing process, just like I don't like this anymore. And so, I'm getting paid millions. So of there dollars, are some weird it. edits where clearly the studio had their say, and um, yeah, um, whatever. You know what? I don't get that. Even if you're making a turd, at least follow the turd all the way through. Well, you yeah. know, I mean, I. I don't get these guys that are like, well, I'm just going to walk off of this. Fuck this. It's like, really? How many people really get to make a movie that, you know, uh, even if Vin Diesel is not the star he was at one point, sure, you know, you, you're going to make this $50 million movie and you're just going to be like, I don't care anymore, you know? <laughs> I don't know what that accent was, but whatever. I, I don't know. I don't, but it's like, what? You know, at least follow the turd all the way through. <laughs> right? Be honest with yourself. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm making a piece of shit. I'm going to make a piece of shit all the way through to the end. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's just my opinion, I guess. Yeah, you're probably right. I would do it. I'd be like, ah, this is a piece of shit, but let's get through it. Yeah, I mean, I, I would be the Yui Bull, I guess. <laughs> oh, oh no maybe I wouldn't. No. Never mind. Um, sorry, Yui Bowl. Worldwide laughing stock, that Yui Bowl? Not sorry, so, Yui so, Bowl, but sorry for me. So let's talk about Night of the Comet. You've seen it the most recently. Mm-hmm. Tell me what it's... What's okay. the deal with Night of the What's the deal? The deal the is... Okay, here's the deal. Yes. The deal is... The Comet comes through. Yes. More or less wipes out everybody. Turns them into these piles of dust. Correct. For whatever reason, and it's never explained in the movie, uh-huh. some people don't get turned into piles of dust. They get turned into basically zombies. Right. And there is no, no whatsoever explanation as to why some people, or most people, it's are just... It's Night of the Comet. You're yeah, looking yeah, for I explanation? Know. Yeah, but what's the thing? Okay. Uh, most people get turned into these piles of dust. Okay. Uh-huh. Some people get turned into these weird-ass zombies. Right. Okay, so there's this girl and her boyfriend that are, like, uh, uh, fucking at, like, a... It's, like, a movie... movie or a TV it's studio? Or a radio movie station? Theater. Yeah, movie theater, that's what it is. They're in the projection booth. And he gets fucking... He gets annihilated, and she wakes up, and she's like, where the hell is this guy? He left. And, you know, she goes out to go find him, and... She gets attacked by this zombie, who apparently is like one of the only people that survived this, and but yet turned into a zombie. Right. 
And uh, her sister, for some reason, survived. This total valley girl chick uh -huh. who's like, I don't care if it's the end of the world. I just want to listen to Cindy Lauper. You know? <laughs> uh -huh. So they go on the run from these, like, zombies. And they're trying to find out what happened. And it's just ridiculous. It's like... And then who's the guy that's chasing them? Um, Uh, dead spot. Um, is okay. You you tell me. Is this the movie where the like Mary Warrenov and them are like out in the desert under the under the ground or something? Or is that a different one? No, it's not that one. It's uh, no. The, like it, scientists after them? No. No, it's it, oh, it's um, fuck. Who's the scientist guy? He's one of those guys. Like anyway. There's these people that are trying to... You know what? It may be Mary Warnov, actually. Maybe I'm thinking of... I think movie. that... I think, I think you're right. Um, but supposedly there's these scientists that are working on a cure for, like, the zombieism or something. Right. And, like, it, it, nothing ever... There's no resolution for anything. Right. Yes, it is. Jer Jeffrey Lewis, Mary Warnov. That's the deal. They, lived, yeah. they, they had been in... Like underground, yeah. But they were slowly being affected by sure. the pump. Yep, yep. Um, but uh, because they weren't encased in iron or whatever. The, yeah, yeah. The, the there was some the weird. There was. was some weird thing where it's like if you were surrounded by tin or iron or something that you wouldn't be affected by the comet. Right. And um, I don't know. It was it was a weird movie because there was no real like there was no resolution to anything. It was well, sort of like everybody dies. There are some scientists that wanted to try and uh, work it out, and I think Mary Warnov commits suicide for some reason. Well, she saves the girls because yeah, Jeffrey Lewis wants or something, to. Right? No, I don't think so. Um, she saves she. Well, I think she does because she she saves the girls because like Jeffrey Lewis wants to like dissect them to find out why they haven't changed or something. Yeah, something. Um, and then they get away and yada, yada, yada. Then there's that, like, guy in a Corvette or whatever that shows up at the Yeah, end. just this weird guy who's, like, the survivor. He's like, let's party, bitches. And they're like, yeah. You know? <laughs> and it was like, this is totally 80s. I mean, I love it's it, you know? an awesome, awesome movie. Yes, it, it is. It's full and of 80s-ness. Oh, God. Even, that's one of the most 80s-ness 80s movies I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Oh man! And but speaking it, of that, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what we can really say about this movie, but I did want to link it to a similar movie uh, that's very, 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 very eighties. Uh, is uh, Miracle Mile? Oh, Miracle Mile! I love it. Which the the plot of that is that um, Anthony Edwards is at a diner late night in L.A. on Miracle Mile. Yes, and he's like depressed because his girlfriend broke up with him or something. Right, like that. right, right. Yeah. And uh, and uh, and he he answers a payphone, and um, and it happens to be a guy in uh, like Omaha who's like, "Oh my God, we're launching our birds! The world's gonna end in you know." Three he, hours. Yeah, the guy's trying to call his girlfriend, I think, or his dad, or his something. dad, something. Yeah, and he 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 dials the wrong number, and Anthony Edwards answers, and he's like, "Oh my God, this guy's in a nuclear silo, and they're launching the missiles." Right, you know? and and um, everybody at the diner believes him, but somehow they get he doesn't hop in the van soon enough, and he gets stranded on Miracle Mile. Yes, and then he's trying to find his girlfriend at right. some point. Uh huh. And oh no, yeah. This is an interesting movie, though, because it's, it's like... It's trippy. By the end, you're like, whoa, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, and the thing is, too, is it's like... It's one of these movies where you go... I, oddly enough, that's semi-plausible. Like, yeah. you know? and Because he's the only one that... And, like, chaos is, like, sort of building and building Slow and balling. building. Yeah, yeah. And, like, L.A. just sort of, uh, you know, di diverts into... or. Um, Disintegrates. disintegrates, yes, okay, uh, into this like sort of chaotic state, and he uh, he's supposed to meet this guy who has a helicopter right on the top of some building, one Wilshire Plaza, yeah, yeah, and uh, you know he doesn't make it, and or no, they do make it, and then the helicopter crashes uh -huh. into in the Brea Tarpits, where the movie started, if I remember, yeah, yeah, no, it's a weird movie because it's like. 
it's almost like it's just this such random thing. And I think that in the movie, if I remember correctly, I haven't seen it in a while, but if I remember correctly, he at one point says, I wish I wouldn't have heard this. Like, I wish that I wouldn't have known because right. then I'd be like all these other fucking sheep that don't know <laughs> that the world's going to end. Exactly. I always remember, like, like the one piece of the movie that made the most impression on me is Denise Crosby, who played the, like, businesswoman at the, at the, at the thing, who's, like, getting on the phone and, like, well, I'm going to get us to Antarctica. I'm having supplies waiting for us. And she's commanding yeah. everybody at the diner. Right. That's, that always made an impression on me. I'm like, I well, want that chick. Yeah, well, hey, Denise <laughs> Crosby, I mean, she fucked her, though. Hey. <laughs> Whoa! Sorry, that was uncalled for. Hey. Um. Anyway, but no, I I actually I, I remember when I was a kid, I just remember the cover for that movie, uh, the the cover box for that uh-huh. movie, and I always wanted to see it only because it was such a weird cover box. <laughs> it was like him standing on like the hood of a car, uh-huh. and like there was all this crap going on behind him, and I'm like, what's this about? But it was a drawing. Yeah, yeah. Picture. It wasn't a picture. It was a drawing right. or a painting or something. Uh-huh. And but yeah, when I finally saw it, I was like, "Oh, this is a weird movie." I think Miracle Mile is a movie to be seen. It is sure, really a definitely. pretty good movie. Definitely. And the thing is, too, is it's like um, I think it was honestly, I really think it was a, a good moment when uh, the the helicopter had crashed, uh-huh. and they knew spoiler alert they knew they weren't getting away. Uh-huh. And he just said to the girl, he said, "You know what? Just." Just hold me, just hug me, and we'll just go out together. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, that was a great. That was there a good moment. Of, there's lots of moments like that. Like I remember, like they tell the he tells the girl's parents who are like seniors and living in Park La Brea, and and they and they just show up on the thing and like we're not going with you, we're just going over to Cantor's to have our favorite dinner. Yeah. See ya. Yeah. Well, and see, I and think Cantor's is a really good diner in LA. Sure. Sure. Well, and, and the thing is, it's like, I, I like the fact that, you know, it's like you didn't have this weird sort of contrived happy ending. Right. It's like, it was, a, I mean, it was a fucked up ending, really, you know. <laughs> you know, at least L.A. got nuked, you know. I mean, <laughs> and you saw the, the, the nuclear bomb coming, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. And then even after they, you know, they were like, oh, they might get away. Oops, no, they don't. <laughs> you know. But I, I like the fact that they just sort of said, well, look, if you're not going to get away, hey, you know, uh, be with who you want to be with, you know? Yeah. Even if it's not somebody that you necessarily would choose, if that's who you're with, that's who you're with, be happy. Yeah. I like that. Similar message to Last Night. Do you remember yes, that Yes, I do. Yep. Uh, it's directed by a Canadian guy from yes. Canadia land. <laughs> From and, Canada. And uh, I think like Sandra Oh maybe the yep. chick in it. David Cronenberg's in it. Sarah yep. Polly. Lots of good Canadian actors in last <laughs> night. Right? That's a running joke. Yes, yes, um, it is. Uh, so, but, but yeah, that's a similar one where it's the last night on earth. I think in, the, in that movie... Isn't the, the sun, sun going to explode? explode? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and, you know, David Cronenberg's working at the power station to keep the lights on until the last yeah, minute. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a compelling and, I would say, probably truthful view of how the world will pro- would end if something like that Yeah, happened. yeah, I mean, and the thing is, is like I said, I mean, and, and it's, the same, it's the same point. It's like, you can't really do anything about it as one individual person. Right. You know, and there's all these stupid movies like War Games and stuff like that where one person's typing in a computer and they're going <laughs> to avert the end of the world or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, you, uh, how do you deal with it? Uh-huh. I think you just sort of, you know, you uh, are with the person you're with or the people that you're with or whatever. And I think that that's actually... For that more, last night, yeah. for that last minute... I think, go. That, I think that's a, a lot. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a lot more truthful than a lot of these movies where it's like, ooh, I just turned off the nuclear bomb that's going to end the world. You know? <laughs> I mean, really. Right. You know? Uh-huh. So, whatever. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm fatalistic or something. I don't know. <laughs> 
Well, I think that's pretty much all we have to talk about. I is mean, it really? Is that well, it? I think uh, I wrote down Pulse. I don't know how much I want to talk about. Yeah, that, I kind of got the feeling you didn't really want to talk about Pulse. I mean, I, I think I may have talked about it before a few episodes ago, but it is an interesting. It's it's not a great movie by any stretch of the word. Um, but <laughs> the stretch of the word of great or <laughs> right, movie of good. <laughs> of movie. Okay. Um, uh, but uh, a phrase. I don't know. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but, uh, but it's interesting. I appreciate its message. Uh, the ending is suitably apocalyptic. Um, yeah. And, I, and trust me, when I saw the movie, when I had seen all the trailers and stuff, I wasn't expecting it to be apocalyptic. So when it got there, I was yeah. sitting in the movie theater, I'm like, holy Jesus, the world's like ending. Well, oh, awesome. Well, nice. Okay. You know what? Hey, I'm it all It was a that. surprise. I actually, and then uh, part of the reason that uh, I wanted to do the uh, the whole uh, Apocalypse Week thing is that I love the end of the world movies. They're I mean, I the really most do. fun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, you think about it and you're like, well, if I survived the end of the world, what would I do? You know what I mean? <laughs> There's lots of, you know, late night the diner over coffee conversations sure. about what you do if you know, zombies struck the earth. Sure. Well, and not even that necessarily. It's like, remember, um, I remember reading The Stand. Uh-huh. And I was like, if everybody just got wiped out, what would I do? You uh-huh. know, it's like, yeah. and it's like, well, That's I was just, what I mean, yeah. And I, not that there would be any kind of like enemy for me to fight. Right. It's like this empty world, you know? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> and you oh. wouldn't be there, spider, you jerk. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so, okay, that's, I guess that's Apocalypse Week. Woohoo! Higher production values. Coming. Slightly. Yeah, oh, yeah. Coming. <laughs> you got an intro. Be happy, people. Yeah, people. I worked my ass off just to figure out how that works. <laughs> Not really, but, okay. We're smart. We're very smart yes, people we're, here. We're, we're, doing, we're doing editing and all that shit. Okay, so where can they find us, Phil? Uh, iTunes? Yes, iTunes. Canufbi uh, at gmail.com. Yes, you can email us there. Nobody ever uh, Podcast machine slash podcast slash 1492. Indeed. You can find us a group on Facebook. You can send us messages there as well. And we're on Twitter. Oh, can yes. you FBI. Are you, have you used that? I, yeah. You, you have the login. You can use it too. I don't know what Just it is. Just post any random shit you want to. Uh, I'm sure they love it. <laughs> I don't know who's even listening. <laughs> I think we put. I think, I think we alienated all our Canadian listeners. At Canadian some point. listeners. Canadian. Um, and then we also have a Tumblr page. I think I've updated once. I don't even know what that is. I'm sorry. It's like uh, it's like uh, Blogspot. You know what that is? I think we went over this okay. last yes. time. Yes, yeah, okay. Know. All right, fine. That's like saying I know what Foursquare is. I don't oh, know God. what that is. I don't even know what that is. I don't know. Oh, anyway. God. Um, anyway, Phil. Yes. Let's take us out. Oh, God. They did it. Can you fucking believe it? They did it. Those bastards. Can you fucking believe it? <laughs>